He strongly believes that everyone needs a force multiplier to survive. For over 30 years, his passion has been to help people rediscover themselves and take their lives to another level irrespective of where they already are in the areas that matter the most. While sharing real-life experiences, case studies and original thought-provoking strategies that are easy to learn and make an astounding impact affecting the mindset, be the leader you wish you had. That's so profound. He specializes in battlefield to boardroom strategies where he shares inspiring stories on developing your leadership drive. He's an influencer and a leadership coach who helps organizations transform through effective interventions by creating an environment of trust and teamwork. He's your force multiplier who is going to transform your life. In today's episode, let us learn more about Colonel Tarun Kumar's journey in becoming a professional speaker and an influencer and also get his insights on battlefield to boardroom strategies. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a better future. This podcast is for professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. So folks, if you have tuned into our podcast for the first time, you have missed a lot of stuff. But don't worry, all our previous episodes are available on your favorite podcasting platform like Spotify, Gono.com, Podbean, Apple, Google, and we are almost everywhere. In addition to that, we are also there on YouTube. Just search for The Guiding Voice, find us and start tuning in and get better. Also, if you have not rated our podcast on Apple, please provide your rating and leave a positive review because every rating and review will motivate us to bring in more and more useful content to you. This is your host, Navin Samala, and I have about 18 years of rich and diverse experience in the IT industry. In every episode, we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn some amazing stuff. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end, so stay tuned till the end. You'll acquire more knowledge for every minute by listening to TGV than any other podcast in this space. That's a bet from our side. Thank you so much for tuning in. So folks, today we are going to discuss a most critical topic, battlefield to boardroom strategies. And we're pleased to have Mr. Tarun, part of TGV's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Tarunji, welcome to TGV. Hi, Naveen. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's really our pleasure. In fact, um, you've been waiting for long to have this conversation. Finally, we are able to make it. I'm so happy. So let's get started. Tarunji, let's talk briefly about your career journey and specially focus on top three things that helped you so far. Well, Naveen, I would like to take you down the memory lane. I have always been yearning for more, never satisfied with what I had. And maybe this trait of mine was responsible for my journey spanning over three decades with lots of roller coaster rides, ups and downs. When thinking everything was settled, wah, the never-ending desire to excel will give stoke to my ambition. And I was ready to take the plunge once again. Today, when people, they are majoring in business management studies like VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, my life has been a perfect example of everything that is synonymous with unforeseen contingency. Education, which doesn't lead to employment, was not my cup of tea. 
Hence, midway, while I was pursuing my graduation, I was a BSc honors graduate. I decided to jump into the glamorous world of hotel management. I joined the premier institute at New Delhi, the IHM of PUSA. While being there, I got acquainted with the glamour hotel industry, learned soft skills, mannerisms, courtesies, let go of my ego, and imbibed the culture of hospitality. This was a life-changing event. I always thought my life was meant for better things. And somewhere down the line, this five-star culture was never on the horizon. What happened was a watershed moment in my career when, while doing my journey in the hospitality industry, I decided to change gears and moved over to Indian Army. Armed Forces, as we all call it, I had just put in about two years in the glamour industry. And then I had more than 25 years of roller coaster, adventurous, fulfilling career, be it the glaciated terrain in the Sachin Glacier or moving across the globe, being part of the UN peacekeeping mission or training cadets at the premier National Defense Academy, the cradle of military leadership, and even becoming a battle casualty. And having survived that battle casualty, I would say that I was very fortunate to survive and serve across the globe and command the best soldiers this world has to offer. What else one could ask for, Naveen? I'm hugely passionate about the concept of human brilliance. We become what we believe. I help people today to take charge of their lives and be a better version of themselves. In short, I'm a leadership coach, speaker, and an author. That was a quite fascinating and enchanting journey. Couple of statements that resonated with me. Education doesn't lead to employment. Many a times, if we observe some of the successful people, whatever they have studied has no relevance to what they are doing. And similarly, the second point which really attracted me was like human brilliance. You can get better every day. Thank you for sharing those amazing insights. Naveen, you asked me uh, three things which have helped me and I missed out on that. (laughs) So I would like to mention that the three things which have helped me in my journey till date, the first one being the attitude, my attitude. I have a never say die approach towards life, period. Belief, the second trait or the thing that has helped me. My ability is stemming from my mentality. And therefore, I must have a robust belief system. Both my career options, the hospitality industry as well as the army, help strengthen this belief system. And I could achieve, probably deliver whatever I was asked to do. And finally, uh, something which I'm very, very attached to is that I think that I'm vulnerable. None of us is perfect. So embrace your vulnerability and turn them into your strength. What do you say? I completely resonate with you. So all the three points, attitude, belief, and vulnerability are core. And in fact, that resonates with every statement that you're making. And in fact, it is so inspiring. So with that, uh, Tarun, let's move on to the the core topic of this session. Why did you propose this battlefield to boardroom strategies? Naveen, armed forces have a unique distinction of producing some of the best leaders in the world. You just have to go around and see. Across the globe, you can find numerous examples. And while we are recording this session, a couple of days back, one of the greatest military leaders, General Colin Powell of the U.S. military, went for the heavenly abode. Now, how do you resonate with a military leader? You have certain traits that come to your mind. They are brave, decisive, selfless, dedicated, and trustworthy. Now, today's corporates are also dealing with 
similar challenges as with the armed forces hence the lessons learned in the military are valuable and transferable then ever i feel very strongly about it and hence when i forayed into the civil street i decided that how i could be a value hence i started sharing the life lessons which i learned in the military and i found that if they were in the corporate world any corporate would do probably 100 times better than what they are doing today wow simply amazing like all the leaders that serve for the military like they are brave decisive and selfless dedicated and trustworthy which is very essential for the corporate world as well and i'm i'm sure with this uka uh, world wherein the world is volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous definitely these traits are going to come handy and help the leaders navigate through these uncertainties and uh, take the organization on a growth path definitely i concur with you so with that let me flip the question and ask you how the leadership on battlefield is different from the boardroom do you see any differences out there or what's your take on that the leadership qualities they remain the same but how you experiment with those qualities and how you indulge in those qualities they define the kind of person that you turn out to leadership is a subject which is much discussed both in ivy league and in business circles today indeed many academicians and business professionals include aspects of leadership in their academic curriculum and also in the corporate training program isn't it navin but for those of us who have served in leadership positions in the military my experience as a youngster when i was commanding troops as a major as a company commander battling insurgents in jnk or as a commanding officer when i was in charge of my troops again in the same terrain i have put these leadership skills that i learned from my military service into practice and if the same leadership skills if we draw them into the business corporate domain we will understand that leadership traits and skills can only be nurtured in those who have the ability to do and those who have the mentality to understand the kind of impact they have over the lives of people you know the most important thing what i understood in the military world while i was serving was that in the corporate world we are all talking about profitability in military we all talk about people in the corporate we are all talking about revenue in military we are all talking about that when we go for operation how many people will be coming back alive so so the stakes are very different and i would say that some of the stakes nobody in the uh, corporate world would be willing to go in for that now when i have people who are willing to give their everything it would require something in me that people would be willing to sacrifice the ultimate that is their life when we started understanding this particular concept we realized that it was always that we led from the front we led by personal example we realized that machinery deteriorates your buildings will go bad your systems will become outdated like our computers softwares every 18 months there is a new version the only thing that appreciates in any organization is its people so please invest in your people and that is what i started doing as a youngster i understood this mechanics of human intricacy and i started investing in my soldiers i would be very humbly acknowledging it that every day i get two to three calls from my soldiers who have been associated with me during these more than 25 years of my military checkered career and what i have gained from them i have gained from them is the trust the confidence and probably this bond of togetherness that whenever they are in a problem a sticky situation they would be picking up their mobile thanks to the 
new gen equipment that we have today and they will ring up and they will say that sir this is the thing that i wanted to share it could be a problem that they are facing or probably it is some good news that they would like to share with me but the most important thing is that this human connect navin is still alive give me one example in the corporate world the day you switch jobs you ever go back to your old organization or you connect with the same people you start blocking them on the facebook in fact you would like as you are in the process of searching for a job you start blocking people even on professional networks like linkedin so the point is that what kind of society are we building what kind of culture is being brought out and this is what people are learning what my youngsters are learning is that what my children are learning they are learning by observing me so when today i have hung my uniform i have a bigger responsibility when people look at me and they say that hey there is a colonel who served in the army and see even today how fit and fine or he takes pride in his bearing and this is what is my learning in the armed forces is all about people in the corporate world or people in the civil street they don't take it too kindly at times they give us fancy names like stiff neck a bit uh, what should i say that he is a bit high headed or that kind of a person no when you are confident of yourself then a certain amount of arrogance does come in accept it it's a military arrogance it is the arrogance of a person who has faced bullet who has been in such situations which most of us can't even dream of or think of and this particular persona of his is stemming from that confidence give him that and all over the globe people recognize that they are different we are different because we have approached the same problem in a different manner it is just that leaders don't do different things they do things differently so that is what military teaches you that you start doing things differently if i have to tell you i'll just take you back for a very interesting incident that happened during my academy days probably a story will drive home this lesson no much pertinently i'm reminded of my army training days uh, when we were undergoing this uh, training exercise in the mountain warfare we got lost in the mountain range we were tired hungry and disoriented we all argued about which way to go but in the fading light every peak looked the same and to tell you frankly we were losing hope because after 6 days of non stop mountain warfare training this was the run back the catch was that our predecessors were the champions and the pressure was real as a body of troops from the same company we had a very onerous task to uphold the legacy and here on a very narrow mountain range all of a sudden out of nowhere we realized that we were lost navin and there is a time yours truly i was the section leader at that point in time so i called the person who was doing the navigation i said that please come with your map while he was skirting one more colleague of ours he slipped and in order to catch hold of the person he let go of the map and we were without a map now what to do very interesting situation you are lost and you don't have a map and then we started searching for a map and one of our another colleague he said that he had a map which was stuck in his big pack of full scale marching order that is about 35 odd kgs of weight that he carry on your back so we tugged out that he tugged it out through a process called triangulation i found my own location and plotted the route back to the dotted line lo and behold we were the first one to cross the dotted line and we were able to uphold the tradition of our company when we were warm and well fed so decided to have a relook at that map 
And that is the time when I realized that that map belonged to an area which was 150 kilometers away. But as the old saying goes, that when you're lost, any old map will do. What I realized was that we reached back in time. In spite of all the limitations, and it all boils down to your self-belief, believing in your ability, ability in your teammates, and the singularity of purpose. Our mission was very important. The outcome of the mission was very important. And if you will now go back and if you have the opportunity of watching this fantastic movie called Shersha on Paramveer Chakra, Captain Vikram Batra, you'll see that how motivated people were in spite of the situation being something which I would call is that you can defy death, probably yes, probably no. But how do you take that situation head on? is something that is remarkable. And this is what we have been grappling with. So for us, focusing on accomplishing the mission is very important. Ability to lead and function as a team is another important thing. Then ability to pivot at a moment's notice. If you see in this story, something happened which we had no control over. But then we came out of that sticky situation and the plan which was a no-go was turned into a plan which was the go. And it made us go ahead and do the unthinkable. And the most important thing that uh, we live by, breathe by, and probably die by is that duty before self and take care of the people that are under you. So even when we are passing out and every day when we are in the military academy, we are taught only one principle, that the duty, honor, and the comfort of the men you command comes first, always and every day, even before us. Obviously, the nation is supreme, then the men we command and my own comfort comes last always and every time. Wow. I think it's giving me goosebumps when you are talking about that experience of getting lost and you are able to pivot and find a way by being innovative. I think military teaches you a lot of stuff which will make you such a reliable leader. And in fact, I watched that movie uh, Shersha very recently, very inspiring and um, it was all about love for the nation and never say no and uh, never die attitude kind of thing, right? It's one famous dialogue that I remember from that movie, right? Uh, no, not that movie, but uh, recently I watched one more movie which resonates with the same concept. It's not over until it is over, right? Yes. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing those amazing insights. Tarun, I've been uh, listening to a lot of your talks and having attended a lot of talks. One thing that you frequently touch upon is this vulnerability. What's your take on this whole concept of vulnerability and why do you think leaders should accept vulnerabilities? Yeah, that is one of the important traits that I certainly resonate with. Recently, while I was sharing the details of an operation we conducted against insurgents, braving insurmountable odds. One interesting discussion was hovering around the concept of courage. I remember one member from the audience raising his hand to ask a question which was, Colonel, please tell me that, where do you get this courage from? Don't you guys have the notion of fear? I was getting it, Naveen. What he was asking me was the vulnerability of being human, which we generally hide behind the shroud or cloak of courage. If I were to ask anybody that how many of you think it's okay to accept vulnerability, I don't think I will have too many raised hands. Similarly, how many of you think vulnerability is a weakness? Again, nobody is going to acknowledge it. However, I replied while accepting in humble acknowledgement that there is no courage without fear. And if I were to take this discussion a little bit further, there can be no fear without feeling vulnerable. If we were to look for courage, we must decipher 
whether it is stemming from our fear or is in some manner connected to the vulnerability quotient that is associated with each one of us, whether we know it, we acknowledge it or not. Does courage happen on its own or is the result of our response to a stimuli, good or bad, or is accompanied with certain amount of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Whenever you are feeling vulnerable, these three things are bound to happen. What I have learned from my close encounters with death-defying situations is that courage is incredibly contagious as is fear. And we must remember that each one of us is grappling with similar emotions. Naveen, yet we project ourselves very differently to the environment, isn't it? That's why we are what we are. So what I did was to understand this concept of vulnerability, I always go back to my alma mater. You have to go back to some place where you find comfort, you find solace. So I go back to my academy days. So I revisited my academy days to understand that what teachable leadership skills were imparted during the military training. If I were to translate those training lessons to the current day requirements, I would have four things, Naveen. The first one would be acceptance. We have to accept our weaknesses and vulnerabilities. Can you stay in the game when the going gets tough or are you willing to throw in the towel? Let me share with you that most of the time, we all have to go in for a boxing session even as officers. And why we do that is purely for one reason. We have to finally indulge into close, unarmed, hand-to-hand battle. Look, all kinds of equipment, everything is fine. But your victory is still not certain till such time physically the area has been occupied and your flag is hung up there. So if you are willing to do that kind of a thing, so you have to accept that whether I'm good or not. And this is where my weakness is. So I will fight with my buddy, with my best pal. And we will learn this accent and we'll learn this concept of that I can hit him and I can hit him hard. And if thing push comes to a shove, then I can even go for the juggler. Then the second thing that is most important is that when you are through going through these difficult situations, are you in a position to maintain your value system? Most of us, we compromise on our value system. The moment going gets tough. So for me to stay on my value system, Naveen, the most important thing is that firstly, I must know that what my value system is. Then during this training and probably as part of my upbringing by my parents and by the environment, have they been integrated into my behavior pattern or not? What stays? What doesn't? It's very important for me to understand. The third thing that is I have to rely on is that the continuance of a factor called trust. It's a very simple word often misused in the corporate jargon. People don't even know that the kind of complexity this word comes with. Can you build trust? And even more important for a leader is that is he being trusted by his team members? And trust is never a one-way process. As a leader, I trust my team members first before they start trusting me. So that is one thing. And the fourth and the most important thing is resilience. When life knocks you down, how do you get up, dust yourself and do the unthinkable? Yes, in the military parlance, when others would scamper for shelter, you are willing to catch bull by the horn because you believe in your ability. The control that you exercise over the situation, your faith in your training and your teammates. If you can do this, I know this is a pretty heavy cocktail that I am dishing out to you, but 
This is one thing that doesn't leave you with a hangover. In fact, it makes you feel strong, confident, and empowered. In my quest to understand human behavior, I have realized that it is our ability to empathize, belong, trust, exhibit humility, and love, which makes us stand apart as human beings and probably as a leader too. And it turns out that most courageous people are the ones who were resilient to get up every time they got hit square on their job. The broken heart is the bravest amongst us because they have the capacity and the courage to love. And that is what leadership is all about. That is how leadership manifests in us. It's all about accepting our vulnerability, which is stemming from our mentality. And if I can match this mentality of mine with the ability that I possess, the word is in my pocket. Very, very thought-provoking, Tarun. So I would like to add my two cents on the vulnerability part. Many a times, people wanted to expose only their strength. Because if you think the weaknesses are exposed, somebody might belittle you. That might be the thing which revolves around. But to your point, after reading this book on vulnerability, I think at least people are getting aware of it in terms of is it it is okay for others to know our development needs and all because that is an opportunity for us to get support right because nobody is 100% perfect navin i'll i'll share uh, a thing out here that today yep. is the generation which is social media centric and why we are on the social media we want followers and can there be leadership without having any followers no but the people those who are on the social media are they leaders no they are no leaders they are just the people those who had the early start advantage, or probably they could manipulate the environment in a manner so that they had a fan following. And fan following is in no way synonymous with your leadership quotient. Now, if you want to have lots of people following you, I'll give share two pearls of wisdom with you. Do these two things and probably we will have followers. First, recognize uncertainty in whichever domain, whichever field you are working. Every field, every domain comes with their own set of uncertainty. The second part to this recognizing uncertainty is that take people in that zone to a possible positive outcome. And why you have to do that is people would like to follow somebody who will take them out from a sticky situation to a place where either they wanted to go or if they were not aware of that they were to go there, you feel as a leader that they ought to be there. And the second thing is, we must also apprise the same set of people that would cause this uncertainty. It is a part of their awareness. We have to make them aware that what caused this uncertainty and if it had an impact, it hurt them somewhere or it, it was because of some pain. So who is responsible for that pain? 99% of the time what I've realized is that the pain is not because of the adversary or because of the situation or because of the environmental reality pain is because me and you are not prepared for that environmental reality. So the day we have this acceptance, we'll stop blaming others for our misery. We'll start looking inwards rather than looking outwards. Very profound thoughts. And I resonate with your aspect that you mentioned. In case if you are able to recognize the uncertainty and take people out of it, you will be considered as a leader. I will share two examples, okay, without naming the people and that I came across this. And uh, that's why the moment you mentioned about it, I'm able to immediately connect to the situation. When I worked for a major company and which is known for a lot of restructurings and all, and one of the sub-business units which I was working with, it was uh, restructured or realigned with another entity. And because of which every employee started uh, 
thinking very seriously am i going to be there or will they remove my job so on and so forth but this leader he has been very transparent and he took everybody into consideration and he started openly communicating and collecting the questions from the employees at the ground level and got the answers from the senior leadership and made sure that everybody has an answer to every question and because of which there was a lot of immense confidence and he was able to build trust and he has become a people leader and second situation is there were certain um, layoffs happened and uh, management wanted about 40 people to be disbanded because of uh, business situation and all this is another leader he has raised to the occasion in such a way that he said no i'm not going to accept that these guys have been in the system for for more than 10 years and uh, our company is the bread and butter right why should we take them out and first thing what he did is he tried to find opportunities internally and when that did not work he went to an extent wherein he spoke to our vendor teams and got these members aligned to the vendor so that nobody has lost their job and i really salute both the leaders and thank you for bringing that aspect of it and in fact this has been a very enriching conversation so tarun i would like to ask you one more question since you have led a lot of real time mission critical projects right so what is your advice to those leading mission critical projects because in the corporate world you have some projects with huge funding and huge manpower and in case if they fail Uh, to meet the expectations right? that that will be a disaster on the company future so let's assume somebody is leading that kind of multi million project spanning multiple people across different levels layers as well as across different geographies and all what should be they be focusing on in order to succeed navin leaders are supposed to be brave hearts so <laughs> they do not fear the circumstances and neither do they fear the outcomes in fact people those who are gravitating into their leadership journey considering these two aspects i would say that they are in the today's world the kind of culture that they propagate is of fake it till you make it the only focus should be that what they wish to achieve and what was the mission objective that was given to them converting dreams into realities is what they live for and leaving a legacy is something that they do best so if there is a mission which is so critical to the growth of their organization what i have seen is that uh, people they don't take people or they don't select a team based on their abilities what they do is that they take this team based on the kind of perception they have now there is a difference between having a true ability and having a perception about a person possessing that kind of an ability it may it may not happen if you think that i play like messi you will only get to know when i come on ground and start either playing like messi or i would not come up to your expectation but the thing is that navin now you have taken a call and once we as humans we take a call we put a bet on somebody then what happens is that our ego starts getting into the play and we will like to continue with that particular person for a a little bit longer little bit longer and in the bargain we realize that the mission objective got lost sight of because i was emotionally attached to the decision or the judgment that i had taken and that is where the pitfall lies for leader their team people the society the organization the final objective means everything selflessness is the kind of stuff if i were to use the covid jargon no it is the plasma for their blood they are called leaders because they will lay down their life for the people for the organization and for the purpose that they were selected to do a job are we having these kind of leaders in the organization i have come across during my organizational transformation interactions where i am suggesting effective 
interventions to these organizations i realized that people they don't understand the importance of time when there are things which are mission critical everything is hinging around the concept of time navin in the military word victory doesn't go to the people those who were bigger victory went to the armies who were faster in responding to the criticality of the situation and that is what i am trying to bring it out to the people in the corporate world that look i i have couple of examples i'll give you i'll share you and sorry if uh, somebody feels offended by it but that is my personal understanding in 1999 a car major from south korea started projecting in a big way a car which we call the tall boy segment and it was santro by hyundai later on i realized and i was aware made to realize that wagonar which was the suzuki's brand was well before into the system however the timing in the market was that santro became a household name and rest is all history so here is an example which i am just sharing it with you that why timing in the market is very important although you cannot time the market in the purely bull market or the bear market i am not talking about that what i am talking about is that when you are doing mission critical operations you have to understand that are you delivering on time are you the fastest responder to the criticality that is arising or are you the one who is reacting to something that has been now brought in front of you so the moment you are proactive you have an early starter advantage the moment you are reactive you are actually grappling with the situation because you never ever thought about that how the situation is going to work out you never worked on those n number of contingencies and in the army we are always taught about to work for n plus 1 contingencies and hope like hell that they all succeed because most of the time what i realized was with the first contact with the enemy all best laid out plans all well laid out plans they went for a six and yet indian army has succeeded in all their major operations against their adversaries why because you are bound to think on your two feet you have the ability the trust of your team the support from the system and if you are with this kind of a paraphernalia who can beat you nobody can beat you can we build up this kind of a system in our corporate ecosystem if we can do that let me tell you america would be looking up to us to give them the best leaders mind blowing thoughts uh, two things that resonated with me one is if you are the fast responder okay to the critical situation right you will have that particular edge and whenever you are planning a response look at the proactive approach rather than reactive approach and uh, tarun this has been a fantastic conversation so far but let's add some spice to the episode i'm going to ask you a few interesting rapid fire questions wherein you can answer them in two to three words are you ready for that absolutely i'm looking forward to it <laughs> wonderful let me fire the first bullet out of the rapid fire tarun can you name a movie that inspired you absolutely the forest cars tom hanks beautiful movie i'm going to watch that all right moving on to my next question speed or perfection and why speed <laughs> now you know it and if you want to know why okay now i'll tell you have you heard about something called as the uda loop double o d a no i haven't uda stands for observe the situation on the ground orient yourself to the landscape that is the second o decide what to do and then act so this is what the uda loop is the victory always goes to the team or to the organization which can work this uda loop 
much faster than the other. So this happens in the military and the same thing happens in the corporate world. And the pandemic is a perfect example. Means I don't have to rattle out. We all know that how companies have perished and how new companies have emerged and certain companies who were able to change the manner they play, operate in the environment have survived. So it was just about how quickly they were able to react to the changing environmental realities and make them future ready. Thank you for sharing about that OODA loop. I'm going to use that in my workshops. All right, moving on to the next one for the rapid fire. Would you like to time travel to past or future? Uh, Naveen, I'm I'm a man of in the present. So I would love to live in the present because this is where the reality is. I would not like to change anything in the past because whatever has happened has happened for the good. And I, neither I would like to tinker with my future because I think that if I do everything right in my present, future certainly is going to be good, bright, heavenly. All right, let me move on to my next question. So Tarun, what has been a question on your mind for which you never got an answer for? Yeah, this is something very, in a fun way, we always ask, which came first, egg or the hen? <laughs> and the, and the argument right. continues. <laughs> All right, so yeah, fantastic. And with that, let me move on to the last bullet out of the rapid fire. Tarun, what would you do if you won a $1 billion lottery? Wow. If I'm still standing straight alive without losing my <laughs> bits about it, I would like to donate 50% of the lottery money to the Army Battle Casualty Fund in the service of martyrs who have given their lives, who went in for the supreme sacrifice. And the balance 50% because I think that uh, by divine intervention, I've won it. So I would like to travel across the globe with my wife. I wish you win a $1 billion lottery. Wish you all the best. With that, uh, let me flip back to the mainstream and ask you one final question for this session. So Tarun, what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers? I always tell people during my talks, sessions, whatever you call it, it's not what happens to you, but what happens in you that matters. So don't get irritated by every rub. If you do, then how will you ever be polished? So if you want to be the gem that you wish you would be and the kind of leader you wish you had, then you have to go through this grind called life where people will squeeze you, do something. So when they're squeezing you, don't try and make a lemonade out of it. Try and be humble about it because these difficult situations, they teach us the most important lessons in life. Be humble, be authentic. That is the most important thing that will take you places. Salute to your thoughts. All right. So, Tarun, this was a fantastic conversation and I'm really on cloud nine. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your insights about battlefield to boardroom strategies. In fact, uh, there have been a lot of learnings out of this episode and this will be cherished forever by me. So, thank you so much again for being part of TGV's journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe. Naveen, I would say that the privilege is singularly mine for inviting me to share my thoughts, probably spread the word around and tell the environment that a foggy, a soldier never dies. He only fades away. And before he fades away, if this environment, the corporate world can make use of the learning, the experience they have, they would be in a far better position than what they are today. Thank you. Jai Hind. Absolutely. 
and it was a pleasure hosting you thank you for all the profound insights and definitely corporate world is going to realize that in fact uh, on this platform we have interviewed about five soldiers and who are now in the it world and leading some bigger and bigger positions and all and definitely that number is going to increase in future i'm very very optimistic about it yes absolutely we we only join a company or any organization or any association and that is per- particularly true for me navin if i add value to you then i would like to join i would not like to join just for the lip service or just to be part of the community and probably try and gain more we believe we have been taught first give then ask or receive wow first give then ask or receive perform thank you again all right so before we move into trivia section audience here is a request to you if you have loved this episode and found it useful please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from this show because the more you share the wider we reach and we will get closer to our mission of reaching millions across the globe thank you so much in advance with that let me jump on to the trivia segment of today's episode so folks today's trivia is about keyboard layout and here comes my question which is the most efficient keyboard layout i'm sure most of you might be thinking it is qwerty or gwerok or azerty but it is not true colmac is the most efficient keyboard layout and it was designed by mr shai colman and it is an alternative to the qwerty layout that changes the position of 17 keys in order to reduce the movement of your fingers by 50% that is the last row in the alphabet series the z x c v keys are same on the bright side so undo cut copy and paste should be the same interesting isn't it thank you so much for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off for today see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest mm-hmm.